You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Good afternoon everyone, two minutes past three, welcome to the show, Kimbo and The Roots with you for the next two hours, live from Studio Loom USA, right here at number one King William Street in the city, not a bad day outside, currently sitting at 20.3 degrees, someone that's always ice cool is The Roots. I might be cool, Kim, but I found someone get hot under their collar. I felt I had gone back in time today when I'm in a room with Graham Corns and Kim Dillon. And within minutes, I knew you had got under the skin of one Graham Corns because he became aggressive. Rudy Rudy, wasn't he? The language. He used a big expletive. The language, Graham. We um, had our annual catch-up with the Adelaide Football Club. Did he just love pushing his buttons? Is that what it is? Very much so. Well, he laboured the point with Matthew Nix, the coach of the Crows, for about 10 minutes with Riley. Is that how long it had been going? Riley Thielthorpe, yeah. It went for about... Wow. And I thought we needed a little bit of levity, Roach. Yes. um, Just to paint the picture (laughs) for people, we have our annual catch-up with the media. They do it with a few. It'll be all the journos and reporters tomorrow. And it was sort of like the broadcast teams today. So Mm. the AA team was there with Rowie, KG, Timmy, Jennifer and Studley. And uh, Taking a lot of notes, Studley, wasn't he? Studley. I think he's going to write an article. I was going to have a go at him about that. I was going to say, what are you writing? A bloody book. Um, But, yeah, we had a chat, got him a coffee early and... Hugged it out and all that. Not that we had to hug anything out. Well, you upset him. (laughs) So he went on for 10 minutes about Riley Thilthorpe, asking about where's he at, why isn't he playing? And Matthew Nix gave a very honest and responsible answer. I'll tell you what, the answer I did like from Matthew Nix was to finally get what we would asked for all last year. Uh, What do you want to talk about 30 words or less. Yes, what do you want to talk about? He just told us exactly where Matt Crouch was at. It was simple. Which story do you want to go do first, Roach? Oh, whichever you wish. But I I just thought, you you talk about the way in which Matthew Nix just answered those questions so well. He did do it well on the Matt Crouch one. He did, Roach. We'll get to that shortly. I'm just following on. Are you? Yes. Anyway, yes. Stud went on for some time, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought there was a little bit of eye rolling going on, and uh, and then Matthew Nix was very firm, and he said, you know, this is why at the moment he's not in the first 23 at this stage, believes he'll go on to be an All-Australian player, but I'm very comfortable with looking after him, as you do with all young forwards. And I said, Stud, see, there you go, this is why you're not coaching. <laughs> Which, when you actually listen to that whole question and debate and all that, it goes back to what we had said yesterday about 18 to 21-year-old key forwards no longer have the grounding that they would get in the sample in the year of the 80s mm. like Stephen Kernahan did. So your question later to Tim Silvers, the Crows CEO, about where is a national reserves competition and 
whether that's the answer and so forth was fascinating for his response as well. I mean, you can see that the Crows see the value of it. Of it, Tim Silvers pointed that out, that at the weekend, by having the whole squad travel together, had yeah. some great experiences. But the difference of playing kids among kids in a second-tier competition versus against men in the Sandville does have a cost factor to it as well. Not, not talking about cost in terms of airfare, cost of the development of players. This is a dicey one for the AFL clubs. Oh, I think it'll happen in the next five years. I think it perhaps would have happened already if we didn't have COVID, Roach. I think it's the logical to, way to go. But it's going to have to be a very good second-tier competition if you're then going to get Riley Thilthorpe and company to develop as you mm. wish, uh, isn't it? All right, let's get back on track, Roach, because you've railroaded us as usual. I like it to be organic, terms, so or, to speak. Organic. You hated organic when Justin <laughs> Reid brought it up in the start of the 2017 season. I'm pointing at you now because you got me up and about <laughs> oh, at the moment. so rude. Uh, you you so were rude, rude to Justin <laughs> Reid when he said their improvement would be organic. They finished minor premiers and, and you poo-barred them. How'd it go after that? Would you rather finish second or second bottom? I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want to finish second if it finishes with 119 points on grand final. Well, that it? wasn't them. No. 47 wasn't too good either. And for all the Port supporters, it was Roach that brought that up. <laughs> and how many points did you say it was? 119. Yep, good. You got it wrong yesterday. You deducted two off it for some reason. Well, right. In interest rates have risen. Roach. Yes. 3.30 today. Yes. Bryce Gibbs will join us. We've been having a look at all the Sandfield clubs, how they're preparing. They had a trial game. Uh, they beat West Adelaide quite convincing, which wouldn't be good for Adam Hartlett. Well, I'm glad that South Adelaide's turning it around because last year they were too inconsistent. What do you mean they turn it around? Bloody trial game, Rich. Well, it's still a sign that they're going the right direction. <laughs> they played West Adelaide. Don't be rude to Westies. Sorry, Westies supporters. Anyway, wow. the McGarry medalist will join us at 3.30. He's part of the SEN team as well. You can hear him Saturday mornings with Tommy Lyon. Yep. Uh, 4.15, looking forward to this, one of Australia's greatest. Yeah, well, I, I think would, greatest would be accurate. Middle distance runners, Craig Mottram will join us. a major announcement this year. Yeah, he's uh, coaching an Australian team that will compete at an international level, which helps fast track our athletes for Olympic Games and world events. Mm. Uh, at 4.30, we'll have a chat to the Dismeister. Who's that? Dizzy Gillespie, Jason Gillespie, yeah. who has South Australia into a final, a one-day final, the domestic one-day final against a rampaging WA team at the Wacker Ground in Perth. Uh, we know how good WA are. I They're even better with this lineup now. Caught me off guard that they'd won all seven of their Marsh Cup games. And they did a number on South Australia here at Adelaide Oval, what, about two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, would have yeah. been, Tim. What's distracted you now? Well, a number of things. Uh, we've, we've got Johnny from uh, Porter Gutter, but we'll get to Johnny after the break. Right. We, we won't have a chat to him right. now because he's just changed direction a little bit. Um, no, Mario's got my attention here. Mario, I'm going to see you. And oh, I'm going to see, no, I'm no, going to no, see no, Graham no. Corns as no. well. No, no, uh, we says, don't need, no, we don't need lawyers involved. Yes, we do. Dylan and Corns eventually found common ground in their love of Botox. Now, Cornsy used to say that Ooh. on Double A. Never, ever, ever, ever been close to a needle like that. All right. right. When I say like that, don't people be mischievous? I'm and talking just about the other, the other ones are anaesthetic. You, I'll just remind you, Westies did beat South last year. Yeah. Yeah. So they've turned it around. Even if it is a trial game, kid. It's like me saying West Torrens, would you? Would we West Torrens? <laughs> uh, I think well, I was going to go to a break early, Roach, just to regain composure. You've hijacked me today. Um, 
So they are our guests coming up. We're mm. live and interactive, 0427-154-166. We will go to a break. And I'm keen also to hear from Nathan Buckley, who gave his assessment on Ken Hinckley and oh, Matthew no. Nix. Oh, dear. This and is Matthew deep thing, is it? Mm. He did it on every coach. Okay. All right. That was on SEN this morning with Jared Waitley. So we'll get yep. to that a little bit later. Interesting. And uh, when we come back, we'll have a chat to Johnny from Port Augusta. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Nearly 3.15, Kimbo and The Roots with you. All thanks to Hyundai, the Hyundai Tucson. Tomorrow's SUV in stock now. Coming up at 3.30, Bryce Gibbs. 4.15, Craig Mottram to talk athletics. And at 4.30, Jason Gillespie. Can we get some silverware? We are the underdogs tomorrow when we take on WA Roots. Yep. Are you beating the Western Australians? Before we get to our good mate, uh, Johnny. No, we'll go to him now. Hello, John. Happy New Hello, Year. Boys. Johnny. Happy New Year, fellas. Long time no talk. Hey, uh, just on um, many decks, but can they call it Port Augusta, mate? I wouldn't live anywhere else, mate. If I won Mega Ball, I'd stay here. Oh, bloody oath. I used to go up there when Peter uh, Kim Curtis came from Port Augusta. Yeah, I remember Kim Curtis. Yeah, he played for Port Adelaide and West Torrens. And West Augusta. Yeah, we used to go up there and stay on his family farm. Fantastic. Hey, boys, Matthew Nick. Now, I know he coached, he coached a wooden spoon and whatever else. What does it mean? I know they had no good a squad. I understand that. But the media's gone soft on Matthew Nick. I read an article on him years ago. Okay, he's winning at the moment in trial games. But the media's gone very soft on Matthew Nicks, I think, since he took over the coaching role. He coached the first South Australian side of Wooden Spoon. He's a nice bloke, don't get me wrong. He's a ripper of a bloke. But he's almost too nice a bloke to be a coach. That's what I reckon. And I reckon the media went soft on him because he's a nice bloke. I read an article on him how popular he is with, the, with you blokes in the media all that years ago. Um, yeah, so... Oh, yeah, you've, so come, out, you've come out swinging, Johnny. You've John, given me a clip. You've ever given me a clip. The test of that will be not this year. Mm. I mean, clearly, we know what Adelaide's been through, and he, he inherited a mess, and then it became a bigger True. mess, and he had to clean it up, and then some of the stuff yeah. that I feel that he had nothing to do with kept echoing yeah. in his chamber. There's a total I rebuild. I think we know what to expect this year. But if you want to talk about pressure gauges on coaches, I don't think his comes into effect until next year. No. Well, what, what was it? Two wins and, and they had the youngest list. They gutted the list. And there was COVID Total making rebuild. it more difficult to set up a game plan. He had to teach a game plan when he had groups of threes. Yeah, they've gone from what? What was it? Two wins to eight wins. So yeah. he's been I've improved every year, uh, Johnny. But every Harsh coach, call by every you, coach will be put on the Bunsen burner yeah. when the expectation rises. And that won't be this year. It will be next year. Yeah, a little bit harsh, Johnny. We love you, though. Uh, Roach, here's a text from Mick for you. Boys, can Roach please provide an update on where Josh Sin is really at? The club only gives a brief bit of spin every so often. He hasn't been fit for 12 months, and he has That's barely true. played a game in three years. Is this yep. his second year or third year? It's his second year, isn't it? This is his third preseason. I get confused. Yeah, time marches on. But we remember seeing him in one game and thought everything we'd heard about Josh Sin why Port Adelaide had picked him up so early, was justified. Yeah, was that but if you get injured, where do you get that dreaded osteitis pubis coming back into the frame? And now he's got a hamstring. Uh, 
you're going to ask some serious questions about his health, aren't you? His well, health. I think you, I don't know if they're serious questions. It's fair to inquire how he's yep. travelling. He's a young kid developing into a man's body. And, yep. uh, uh, maybe Coming out of a period where if you hadn't played during that COVID period, it's been exactly. proven that you're more vulnerable. But it's no, it's a good question. And I think we're about to find out the answer in the next three months. Yeah, I uh, can't remember where it was, whether it was Richmond Oval or Alberton Oval. I watched him in a trial yep. game, was they very impressed. So, um, yeah, give me a little, Kim, little How bit many of, of those kids, I usually with kids in the means of teenagers who had that gap through COVID, have shown to be physically vulnerable now when asked to play AFL footy because they didn't have the right build up to their AFL drafting? Yeah. Um, huge, huge damage done there. Let's go to Norwood Reach. Uh, we've got Johnny. Hello, Johnny. Hi, uh, hi guys, Kim and Michael. Um, yeah, I just um, a little bit disappointed in the Adelaide Football Club. You hear all the scribes saying, "Oh, this and that about them." I still reckon they should have went for Jack Graham. I rate him as a very good defender, and they uh, they are lacking one good defender. He plays, the in, the, plays in the mid. Club. Plays in the midfield, Johnny. Yeah, but he can play down back. He's a very good footballer. He doesn't have to play midfield, but Port Adelaide looked at him. I think he was very close to going to Port. What's your rating of him, uh, Michael and Kim? Jack Grant. Uh, well, just quickly, I, I like him. I know him personally, and I, I played footy with his father. He's an absolute ripper. Spoke to him over the Christmas period. Um, look, he was keen to come back. We said on our show very early that the Crows didn't have room in their salary cap for him. They would love to have him. Love to have him, but there was not room in the salary cap. And uh, they're heading in a slightly different direction. So you've got a Sam Berry and you have a Jack Graham. You'd, you'd like him if yeah. you could get him for nothing. but yeah, um, couldn't do that. Couldn't too do too many, same, nothing. same. Yeah. yeah. yeah I just, you can have a wish I list, John, but you've also won. You've got to have salary cap space and you've got to have what are known as the yeah, assets, be them that. draft picks mm. or players I realise that, but you yeah. go for something that you need yeah. and they haven't got a very good half back line. I don't. All right, well, I'm John, 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 if you're hey? sitting in list management at Adelaide and you've got to choose mm-hmm. just one here because you can only close one deal, you've got Rankin right. or Graham, but you can only close one deal here. It's not you can't yeah. have both, you can't massage um, it. Which way are you going, no, Rankin or no, Graham? No, I would, have, I, would have gone, I would have gone Jack Graham because there's plenty of those type of players, Rankin and them, there's plenty of those players in their uh, list. I yeah, think that, the list management that Crows has uh, made some very poor choices. Oh, yeah. um, this is an interesting one there, because he's That's a fam- he's a family friend. Um, if you're saying the difference between the two players, um, I, I think Isaac Rankin has genuine X factor. Jack Graham is hard as a cat's head. You know what you're going to get mm-hmm. every game, but um, I think the other one's got the real X factor. Mind yeah, you, we'll see if he's. See if they go missing when they play the good sides. All right. Well, I'm Franklin sure we'll hear from you, Johnny. The proof will be in the Yes, pudding. you will. <laughs> Appreciate your <laughs> views, John. Guys. Take care. Uh, there we got a text here. Come on, John, get off the beers, mate. <laughs> and, uh, but everyone has a different view. Here's another one, Rooch, before we go to a break. Kimbo, did you read out my text, read Dwayne's theory on port? If not, why not? It was a good one. <laughs> Self praise again here. Um, uh, well, well, I haven't seen this. Dwayne's theory on port. I would have. Not, I would have read this text just no, for myself. I know. Whoever sent it, it, I try to get to all of them because we don't have sent, everyone's. It's, it depends how you sent it, doesn't it? Because one goes to Dwayne's screen, which we don't see, do we? No, but this was uh, it was sent to me oh, to ask Rooch. Okay. Uh, did you read out my text? Read Dwayne's theory on port. Well, we had Dwayne on. 
Uh, send it through again, yeah. whoever you are. I can see your number there, but no name. And we encourage you, even if you put a pseudonym or an alias. Mario. Yeah, whack, a, yeah, Mario, whack, a, whack a name on there, and then it's just easier to identify your text. Uh, we're not trying to hunt you down. We've got your numbers anyway. Oh. Well, we do. <laughs> There's a few people we've got. <laughs> we're, we're hunting down. I'm still trying to work out who it was that was sending us those messages one after the other. Mark Williams for Essendon. Mark Williams for Essendon. Yeah. Mark Williams for Don't Essendon. Don't encourage him, Rich. Don't <laughs> uh, nothing against Mark. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, there you go. Mr. or Mrs. Facetious here. Um, Matthew Nix went from seven wins in 2021 to eight in 2022. Wow, big jump. Well, it's not easy to improve. Uh, there was improvement. Oh, there was. Yeah, there, there was, was improvement. There was big improvement. Yeah. We're up and about today, Roach, aren't we? <laughs> hey? Yeah, I'm just regretful I didn't film you and Graham. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm regretful you didn't let me finish the bloody story. Uh, here's a text, Roach. Um, and boys, what is the latest with Jeremy Finlayson? Uh, uh, he will be so capital letters important to Port's chances this year from Lindsay. Lovely pictures of the wedding on the weekend. Yeah. That's a, yeah, but getting harder and harder to think about that one, isn't it? It is. And his yeah. wife uh, today has been received an award for her bravery mm. and the work that she's mm. done in highlighting her bowel cancer. Yes. So I hope it helps and saves a lot of other people. Yeah. Uh, had the ankle surgery. Um, I don't think he's right round one. Definitely oh, not. Kim. No. Imagine what secondary. is on his mind. Yeah. Jeremy Finlayson. Oh. We, and our thoughts are definitely with the Finlaysons because you don't wish that on anyone. Well, but I the courage they've shown, both of them. Amazing. And we knew what was going on yeah. last year, and that was by the request of the club. There's things that we couldn't say. Um, yeah. But um, tough. Oh, and very we, tough, You get Tim. very sensitive about it when you see someone, and people aren't to know, when there was criticism of him early in those first two games, where he wasn't that bad. No, and, and now uh, you can understand why at oh, one yeah, point he was so much on his taken point. out of the AFL side because a lot, lot more than footy on his mind, and yeah. you can understand that. We're live and interactive. Send us a text, 0427 154 166. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Three twenty nine, Kimber on the Roots with you live from Studio Lumo SA. All thanks to Hyundai, the Hyundai Tucson. Tomorrow's SUV in stock now. Hey, we've, we've put old Studley on the agenda somehow, inadvertently, uh, Roach, but he's copping a bit now. Uh, this is Graeme Corns after we caught up with him today in a meeting with the Crows, which all the broadcasting partners do. We heard from Tim Silvers, the CEO. We heard from the chairman, Johnny Olsen, and the coach, Matthew Nix, and uh, Adam Kelly on re- recruiting. And um, Stud and I had a little bit of banter. <laughs> I got under his skin again. don't uh, think he appreciated the fact that you said that that's why you're not coaching anymore. Well, look, it was very witty. It was very witty, the way it was mm. said, Rich. Johnny Olsen had a belly laugh. Here's mm. a text. How is Graham Corns a football expert? <laughs> he couldn't defend a seven-goal half-time preliminary lead coaching mm. against a Martian. Kevin Sheedy. Mm. Uh, all right, Roots, just quickly, uh, the AFL Tribunal sat now, last night. Jordan Dugowie and Trent Cotchin were in a bit of trouble at the weekend. They were actually caught up by the match review officer to the point of whereby David King and a lot of other commentators were expecting these two incidents to set an agenda for the year to the point where David King today, after hearing that Dugowie cops a $2,000 fine for what was called a dangerous tackle on Lloyd Meek, 
and Craig Cochin for his little scuffle with James Harms cops a $1,000 fine. He said, well, hang on, I went to a briefing from the AFL last week where they said they would just not tolerate this sort of stuff. Mm. And, you know, they're concerned about concussion and sub-concussion, as he called it. And now he's declared that the tribunal, the way they've behaved is BS. He's declared it BS. Look, they, now, they, they have they gone soft too early? They, they wouldn't be influenced by the AFL wanting a blockbuster round one and being minus two big names, surely. But if you're serious about concussion and sub-concussion, as David King has pointed out, that doesn't come into your factoring. Surely you make a statement on these fronts. I was being a little bit sarcastic, uh, Roach, there. Uh, like, I think not. Then there's I've seen all the stuff on the socials. Trent mm. Cochin, he'll never get suspended. <laughs> well, he's still He's a Brownlow medalist. Yeah, I know, and I don't think he should have been in that kicking incident against Port Adelaide. Yeah, I didn't like that one. Didn't you? Oh, no, 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 that, we, was, we that wasn't against there. Port. That was, was against, it? that was against uh, Taylor Walker, wasn't it? Oh, it was against Crows, was it? Whatever. It was Taylor. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't like it. No, I thought he's defending himself. No, I didn't like it. You didn't want anything. That'd be right. Bloody journos, Rich. Uh, let's go to the news. <laughs> Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. 3.36 on a Tuesday afternoon, currently sitting at 20.2 degrees. Don't forget Oakbank Easter Festival, three days jam-packed with racing and entertainment. Book your tickets today. Also, uh, 4.15, Craig Mottram will join us to talk athletics. Good story, that one. And Jason Gillespie, the Dismeister, will join us at 4.30. Big game happening tomorrow. OK, we've been taking a look at all the sand full sides routes, so we're going to take a look at... Uh, South Adelaide now from one of the stars from their team, a McGarry medalist, part of the SEN team, former Carlton Adelaide star having as a well. slow build-up to the season, though, isn't he? Well, he's had t- shoulder surgery, Roach. I hope he's OK. Yeah, when you're McGarry medalist, you don't have to play in trial games. Brycey Gibbs joins us. Hello, Bryce. Good afternoon, Kimbo. <laughs> Roach. How's uh, the shoulder? How is the shoulder, Bryce? Mate, shoulder's uh, cherry ripe, actually. Um, yeah, been back, probably doing full contact since about um, early January when we come back from Christmas. So, uh, yeah, certainly very confident where the shoulder is at and uh, is ready to go for uh, for another season, boys. So you've had one trial game where you thumped West Adelaide, 16-6 to 5-12 on the weekend. Will you play this weekend against North? Uh, undecided. I'll probably look to get one in, I reckon, whether that's this week or next week. Uh, I tell you what, it was it was good for the boys to, to play some oppo though. We uh, had been playing match sim for the best part of a month, and oh. you know, knowing what each other's doing and trying not to bash each other up too much, it certainly was nice to play some oppo. But uh, yeah, I looked probably to get one trial game in. Uh, we play North this week, and then Centrals uh, out at the Ponderosa next week. So I'll pencil one of them in, I reckon. Ah, so how do you feel about travelling? Do you want to go nearby Thebe or all the way to Elizabeth? How are you going to factor that uh, in? I'd not, it'd be nice to play out at Flinders University for all of them, mate. But uh, <laughs> it's, uh, you've got to share it around in the pre-season. And, yeah, Thebby's not a bad one, nice and local. So a bit of a neutral ground there. And it's actually a bit of an interesting situation because we play Centrals in the last trial, as I just mentioned. Then we have a week off and then we play them again in round one. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how 
we don't want to be giving away too many tactics and game plan um, situations as we're going to be playing them again in two weeks' time. So it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. Bryce, we all know South Adelaide's story. It's been 1964 since the last flag. They're everyone's second side now. Um, how's the recruiting been over the summer? It looks like you're going to have a really strong defence with Sam Skinner back at the club and, uh, and Zach Sproul from GWS. Yeah, the, the club have done really well uh, in, in recruiting again in the off-season. We all know uh, how competitive it is uh, to, to get recruits to the club, uh, and especially from interstate. Uh, you know, a, a lot of the clubs around the country uh, are in contact with these players, especially the, the players that are coming out of the AFL system uh, and, and are looking to either you know, get back onto a list or, or looking to, to start a, a life outside of the AFL system now. So, you know, it's a credit to, to the coach, Jared Wright, and the footy manager, uh, Brent Riley, to, to go away and, and recruit some really quality people. Obviously, you mentioned uh, Sam Skinner coming back from Port Adelaide. He's he's a huge get for us again um, and, and shores up our defence. You mentioned Zach Sproul uh, from GWS. He's looked really good as a forward. I think he's... As a forward? Three or four... Yeah, he plays a forward uh, on the yeah. weekend, kicked three or four goals. So uh, he's looking pretty dangerous up there. Uh, we've got Eli Smith from the Brisbane Lions. So big-bodied inside mid uh, who's who's had a bit of an interrupted pre-season. With the, I think he had hand surgery over the break. But uh, he, he looked pretty pretty good on the weekend. Um, we recruited uh, Kobe Much from the Eagles over the summer as well. So... Those two guys will add uh, a lot of depth to our midfield and um, you know, a really hard and sandful state league players. So uh, they've all sort of settled in really well. Bryce, a lot of expectation on South Adelaide last season. Then it was such an inconsistent run on the scoreboard. Was that because you just couldn't get players on the park or was there something more to it? Oh, I, I certainly think that's probably the main reason, Roach. Just the, the injuries... Uh, we didn't have really any continuity from, yeah. from week to week from our squad. So, you know, it certainly makes it tough to, to play well week in, week out when you've, you're making the best part of five or six changes every week. Uh, I think there was something, a ridiculous number of, you know, 20-odd mm. guys debuted for the club last year, which uh, it's really unheard of. So, um, I mean, every team needs a bit of luck with injury. Um, and, and to get off to a good start to the year as well. So, yeah, it was a disappointing year last year. I mean, we, we had certainly high hopes leading into the season that we could do good things, and, and we lost a handful of close games yeah, as well. Yeah. So um, if we're on the other end of those, um, you know, that probably pushes us in the finals. Um, that was something that we worked on over the summer, and uh, which is that sort of game time management, whether you know, it's late in a quarter, late in a game, where we need mm. to win it got some tactics around doing that. And then if we need to save the game, there were a couple of uh, times last year when we were in control, but yep. uh, a couple of plays late in the game cost us. So we've worked a bit on that over the summer, which has been good for the group. Well, someone at headquarters must love you because they've given you four of your first five games at home at Flinders at Norlunga. You've got to make that count. We certainly do. And I mentioned, I mean, the competition's so strong uh, these days and, uh, you, you need to get off to a good start. We we play the first two at home before the the gather round, which is a, yeah. a buy for the the sample. So we'll we'll probably hone in probably on the first two games and, and look to 
to really win those and and then reassess after that. But yeah, you need to win your your home games. That's that's certainly for sure. I think we we give up a home game as well this year to play Adelaide Adelaide Oval. Of um, course, which, yeah. Which we're, yeah. Which we're pretty happy to do. Yeah. Obviously, finals footy was played on another Adelaide Oval and a good uh, a good experience for the guys that uh, haven't played there or haven't played much there. So, um, yeah, I mean, every game's crucial, but, yeah, you want to be winning all your ones at home, that's for sure. Bryce, do you like playing against Adelaide or is it just another game? Nah, I love it. <laughs> I, I certainly love it. Uh, yeah, there's, there's two teams uh, that I look forward to playing just a little bit more than most, and that's... Uh, the Crows and uh, and naturally Glenelg, uh, yep. my old team as well. So, yeah, um, yeah those games are a, a little bit different and they've got a little bit more heat to them, that's for sure. Bryce, the AFL preseason might have set up this question now. Which team will rank higher in the AFL, Adelaide or Port Adelaide? Yeah, good question. Both both teams have had pretty different preseasons and preseason games, haven't they? The Crows have been uh, a lot more impressive than, than Port in their trial games to date. Um, oh, look, I think I don't think it's alarm bells for Port just yet, uh, as they as they are. They're, they're trial games. They're, they're trying different things. Might be playing some guys in in different positions as well. And although Adelaide have been quite impressive uh, in their trial matches, I think once Port start clicking and they start getting their game going that we know they can uh, produce, uh, I think Port uh, will finish higher than the Crows this year. Hey, just the last one on South Adelaide. Uh, Matt Rose stood down as captain and Jack Summerton is your new captain. Uh, what type of bloke is he? Uh, yeah, he's a ripper, Jake. He, he's, um, he's done it the hard way. He, he played nearly 100 reserves games, I think. Uh, for, for Woodville uh, and maybe a couple at South. But, um, yeah, just a, a, an honest warrior. Uh, you know what you're going to get with him every week. He leads from, from the back the back line. And, um, yeah, he's, he's really impressive. His leadership skills have really grown, especially since I've been here in the last couple of years. And, um, you know, obviously Matty's done a fantastic job uh, for the last five or six years at South. But, yeah, he felt it was right the right time for him to step down and and uh, just focus on playing footy, I suppose. But Jake will step in and, and do a great job uh, along with the, the other leaders that have been named in the leadership group for this year. All righty. So if you're a South supporter, get down and watch uh, them take on North Adelaide at Thebanon Oval this Saturday, 12.20. That one gets underway. And... Uh, Bryce, are you a year-to-year proposition now, or is this the last year, or you don't want to call it? Oh, I reckon I said last year that that was going to be my last year, and, and here I am going going for my third year. So, um, I mean, it's the body's holding up well, and and I'm actually still you know, performing and, and getting a kick on on the weekend. Um, you're a long time retired, so. Mm. Well, it'll just be a year-to-year proposition. Obviously, had the shoulder last year, so I think that actually helped my decision. Obviously, only playing five games, I was semi-fresh uh, for, for most of the year, so that that's you know was a, a key part in my decision making to go again this year. So, yep, if I can uh, just keep getting a kick and the body stays healthy, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Bryce, we wish you all the best for the uh, year with South Adelaide and we look forward to hearing you on Saturday morning on the SEN Saturday Sports Show with Tommy Lyon uh, doing a wonderful job. Good on you, Bryce. Appreciate your time. Thanks. Thanks, boys. Have a good afternoon. There so, go. Let's say go Panthers. No, you, you say it. Go on, go say it again. Panthers. Now throw to a break. This is a break.
Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. 3.51 on a Tuesday afternoon. We're live from Studio Lumo SA. Appreciate your company. You can have a chat on 1300 736 736 if you want. And I tell you what, we'll be generous, Rooch. We're going to reward people. Monday. What is Monday, Rooch? Adelaide Cup Day. Yes, and we have a double pass to give away to the Giddy Up Club. What a name, I Giddy know, Up Club. That's a ripper. Uh, you'd get up to a bit of mischief there, I think. The Giddy Up Club at the Adelaide Cup next Monday, thanks to Racing SA. Uh, give us a call, have a chat. Or if you'd like these tickets, ring through now and talk a modicum of sense. Mm. Now. Right, and I'll give you those tickets. And Rooch, yeah. also. Yes. We have a Signet Boost Power Bank battery charger to give away. A Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24 7. It's worth forty four ninety five. So if good. you want those, give us a ring now. Can you use those power packs for Ruckman? Can you charge up a Ruckman with those power packs? Because West Coast have got some problems there again, Kim. Your wooden spoon prediction is going to have a difficult start to the season. Yes. Nick Nat, well, the Achilles no good. We uh, do need to go around the grounds, uh, Roach. Uh, this was my concern with mm-hmm. them. They're down to their third Ruckman, aren't they? Because Nick Nat has the Achilles, as we told you a couple of weeks ago. We were debating where the Eagles would finish. Bailey Williams is troubled by a hamstring. And that leaves Callum Jamison to look at leading the Ruck. West Coast in the Premiership season opener. Yeah, and next he's their weekend. he's their third choice. Yes, not good. Not good news at Collingwood either. Lipinski, that left shoulder that um, well, let's say popped has required surgery. He's going to miss a fair bit of time. He has had no luck with shoulders for three years now. That's really bad news for him. So Heartbreaking. And a little bit of movement in the AFLW. Port Adelaide has picked up a defender, an intercept defender from Fremantle. 32 years of age, Janelle Cutherson. You want to say anything about her being 32? I mean, you had a big deal about Port signings last year when they were at that age group. Don't be mischievous, Rooch. <laughs> I just said your first two recruits were nearly 80. Right. <laughs> and as we mentioned two days ago, Lucy McAvoy from Carlton to Sydney in one another one of those priority signings. So there's a bit of movement in the AFLW. All right. And there'll probably be a little bit more. Let's go to the phones. Garth has given us a call. Hello. Uh, Gareth, is it, from Woodville Park? How are you, Gareth? Yeah, no, it's Garth, G-A-R-T-H, but that's all right. Oh, uh, Bumfluff, Benny's written up Gareth. Well, he's oh, he's just had, quickly yeah, taken, the, he's taken the E out quickly. No, he actually <laughs> had two goes. It's Garth on one screen and Gareth on another. Yeah. So it was a 50% chance. <laughs> Sorry, Garth. <laughs> that's all right. Um, now, look, I'm a Brisbane fan, and what? I reckon they got a real good chance this year. Mm-hmm. And they just happen to be playing Port in the first game. Well, any of you blokes reckon they can put Joe Danaher apart from the bench? Do you reckon really? he'd be all right running around? Oh, he just... He, well, when he gets a shot at goal, he can't kick straight anyway. Yeah, he's all right yeah. from 60. Yeah, true. So true. when he's what, play, he played in that trial game the other day and he seemed to be running around like back flank centre line. And he's got a booming kick, 60 metres, 65. I reckon that, that'd be the best spot for him. But I, I don't really rate him. Uh, Garth... Happy to have a coffee or some tickets or a prize on it. What do you think he'll kick? Goal-wise this year? Yeah, I'm happy to say he'll he'll kick over 40. I was going to say mid-30s. He might have 100 shots a goal, but I still reckon he might only kick about 30. All right, we'll put a coffee on that or we'll give you a prize. We'll give you... And would you like to go to the races? 
I love the, I love the horses, the GGs, yeah. All right. Well, you're going. Giddy You've up. got a double pass to go to the Giddy Up Club uh, for Monday for the Adelaide Cup. All right. All thanks to Racing SA. So stay on the line, Garth. And just remember, we've got a coffee on the fact. I reckon he's going to have a fat year, Joey Danaher. He'll kick over 40. Good on you, Garth. Uh, appreciate that. Or as Ben calls you, Gareth. <laughs> he, had, he had both options. He was for having you, an each way bet. Yeah. A few texts coming through. We're all up and about a little bit earlier there, Rich. You started that. Um, this I one, thought actually Graham Corn started it earlier well, in the day for did. you. He did. The old stud. He used an expletive. I loved it. Um, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I did, actually. It was good. Uh, gee whiz, what's everyone on today on taking Rankin over Jack Graham every day? Exactly. Dime, d- dime a dozen, Graham is. Yeah, well, exactly. that's harsh. He's a good player, but yeah. I'm No, with but you. if it was one or the other and you can only make one deal because of the way in which your draft picks are lined up and you're committed to going with young talent, yep. you don't want to make the mistake that some clubs do where they never go to the draft. That gets you into heaps of trouble. So Adelaide managed this part of their rebuild very well. Rankin was always going to be preferred ahead of Graham. But had to Graham, that, yeah, and, but Graham has achieved more at this stage of their careers. But, yep. uh, yeah, I think it's a very good get, has mm. Ivac Rankin. Hey, I'll tell you what, Rooge, we've got a world first here on, world uh, first. on our show, the run home. Yeah. Ethel from Ethelton, who's probably the most brutal out of all the people that give us correspondence. Yes. I don't think she said a nice thing to either of us or no. anyone. No. Ethel has said. I can imagine her on the boundary at, at mm. Alberton with an umbrella. <laughs> a big one. Uh, this hmm. Ethel says, Dylan, oh, you can call me Kim, has moved up in my estimation. Anyone who stands up to Graham Corn and puts this lanky human back in his place deserves plaudits. Well, thank you, Ethel. Ethel. Oh, Ethel, how come I haven't had any love then? Well, because you normally suck up to Graham. No, hardly. If it wasn't for Peter Carey, I'd be dead now. When was that? Oh, Glenelg Oval. Peter Carey saved me. I actually be, would be what, he, dead. He genuinely threatened you? Oh, or? Graham, oh, he, he wanted me six foot under. Well, what, what happened? I don't know. I'd written something he didn't like. You know what it is. The buttons you push with Graham. And the beauty of it was Peter Carey stood up and he said, Graham, he's right. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. <laughs> well, I know on the Saturday morning. Lovely man, shows, Peter Carey. Yeah, great guy. Super. Yeah, well, Stud, you were in there. Whenever, oh. if, if ever we got engaged in a debate yes. and he was losing, yes. well, what would he do? Yes. He'd just turn around and punch you in the arm all exactly. the time. Exactly. Once you, you get physical and start throwing out insults like he did to you today, today you know you're yeah, losing the of, argument. In front of everyone. Oh, I'm going to sue him for, for emotional Distress. Yeah, yes. distress. I've got a bit of that. <laughs> I it? dare not ask. P- PDS. Oh, no. What is it? post no, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, well, working with me will do that. Yeah, well, I thought I thought I'd that. better say it first. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's not you this time. It's uh, I think the reality has hit, Roach, that what? you know how my sister and the rat sold their house. Ah, yes. Then they asked if they could move, move in, in while their new apartment's right. being built. Not going well? No. Well, I found out they're going to be living with me for nine months. That's why I'm freaking out lately. Well, you'll be entertained. You will be entertained. Who will be entertaining me? Oh, Leanne's a great entertainer. <laughs> she is. She is so organised. It will do my uh, head in. Um, here we go. We've got a little text here. Did you receive an update on when the Adelaide Football Club Recruiting Department will be held to account? Oh, no. Oh, don't. I, I almost know who sent that text in if it comes from the briefing this morning. 
Uh, let it go. No, it wasn't Rowie. <laughs> wow. Um, here we go. Who's this from? Gab from St. Peter's. Yeah. I hear Port Power oh. bought the whole front row at Ed Sharon's concert tonight because it's the closest they'll get to a Red Sharon on Adelaide Oval for a while. Oh, oh, oh God. A bit of humour there. <laughs> I thought, where's that going? Oh. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Yeah, round of applause, yeah. A little bit of stand-up. Uh, oh, Ben's copping a bit, and rightly so. Bum fluff Benny wouldn't even get a job as a fluffer. Yeah, well, he's had a couple of moments today. Uh, South can win the flag. Nostradamus from Norlunga. Yeah, well, they can win through. the flag. Absolutely they can win the flag. We, could you imagine that day? From oh, 1964 when Curl yeah. swimming from bottom to top, beating Port Adelaide in that grand final, Adelaide Oval. Only other grand final they've played in, 79, Footy Park, Hayden Button in the rain-affected game that oh, lost one to Port of the, Adelaide. One of the worst games ever. Yeah, well, it was... Wasn't yeah, pretty. Wasn't well, pretty sorry, or... Port North. No, they weren't pretty either. Yeah, one goal. Uh, 64, that's a long stretch, Kim, and only yeah. one grand final in between. Roach, there was a rude text for you, so I haven't read that out. Can't be rude. Um, hey, guys, genuine topic for discussion here. Which South Australian team is better or worse in the ruck department? Riley O'Brien doesn't have many tricks in his bag, but probably he's probably in front of Lyson. Oh, really debatable, that one. Mm-hmm. Finlayson was exceptional late last year, and Charlie can definitely ruck. Both lack that elite ruckman. I personally really hope Strawn gets a proper four to five game patch. Interested to hear your thoughts. Hey, we're coming out with four o'clock news. We'll revisit it. But I sat with Matthew Nix today at the meeting with the Crows that we had. And I'll tell you, he is very, very impressed with Elliot Himmelberg. You have to remember he's 200 centimetres. Um, he's quite athletic. And these players take a long time to develop. We talk about the forwards. So he's grown up being the biggest kid in the team for a long time, starts playing against men, gets ragdolled, but I think the pennies drop. We okay. could see Elliot Himmelberg improvement. One to watch. Like we did with Darcy Fogarty. Mm. So no name on that text, but we'll flesh it out a little bit later. All right, four o'clock news coming up. Live across SEN. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Three minutes past four, Craig Mottram coming up at 4.15. We'll talk athletics and Jason Gillespie dizzy just after the 4.30 news. Stack of texts coming through today. Rooch, everyone's up and about. Uh, We gave away the double pass to the Adelaide Cup. Pass to the Giddy Up Club. We do that again tomorrow, are we, Benny? Yep, we'll do that again tomorrow. Uh, but we still have the Signet Boost Power Bank to give away. The Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. It's worth $45. Give us a call and talk sport. Uh, quick text coming through, Roach. If the Panthers get in the grand final, I'll drive from Queensland to watch it. If they win, Mike Dobbin may not survive it. Matt in Brisbane. That's true. Yes, Dobbo, a mad South man. And can I just say, um, again, real estate will be back on board this year and uh, that was officially agreed to on Friday. Uh, we'll have some announcements coming up. But uh, Mike Dobbin and another company, they are now uh, a naming rights sponsor for Glenelg Oval. Stratorama. It's another little business that okay. he has. But he wants yeah. to make it very clear, even though he's doing that and he loves to support the community and the mm. Glenelg Football Club, he is a panther. 
through and through. Very good. Good on you, Dobbo. Very good. Uh, another text here. Uh, I hope you didn't give Graham Corns a few extra wrinkles, Kimbo. Oh, having a go at my studly looks. Roach. Yes, Kim. We mentioned earlier that Nathan Buckley did a segment today with Jared Waitley. Yes. On his show anyway. And he had to do an assessment of every club's coach. Mm. This is what he had to say about Ken Hinckley. If Port Adelaide can't frank their recruiting, their plans to get to this point, I think they underperformed last year with a with a terrible start, a big hole that they've really struggled to get out of and, and ultimately couldn't. But but Ken Hinckley has his detractors. If you, You'd have to have your head in the sand to not see and hear that, especially over in South Australia. But I've always looked at him and thought that he's – an amazing man manager. I feel like he gets he's he puts his his heart and soul into it, and I think he's the connection with his playing group is pretty strong. The question I have is have they have they moved with the game because Port Adelaide still are a side that flood their forward line, turn the ball over really close to their goal, repeat forward entries, and that seems to be you know, and teams opposition teams put eighteen players in the back fifty at that point. And it's a really hard way to score. It's an interesting observation, isn't it? Um, Two fronts. One, recognising Ken Inkley's strength in building teams. But the game plan won, not the first time that issue's been brought up, as to whether Port Adelaide plays the right game to win and win against the best teams. I'm sure we'll get a lot of calls, Roach, but I am sticking fat. Mm. I think they are a top eight side. That's oh, uh, an interesting observation by Nathan. Yeah. They, they've got, I'd, I'd like them to be having GWS or Gold Coast or North Melbourne in round one, but it doesn't work out that way. Uh, no. I, I think Brisbane will probably, even though it's here in Adelaide, beat them in the first game. Then they've got Collingwood. So there'll be some pressure. There'll be a lot of noise. Mm. But uh, I see them being 3-2 or 2-3 at worst. And then the season should open up a little bit. Okay. Could be uh, wrong. And, you know, the expectations were so high last year. They, they were 10 and 12 after losing the first five. Mm. A lot of sides would just fall to bits. Uh, they gave themselves a chance, but it was too big. Yeah, and that was the real test of Ken Inkley, what he did when they had lost those first five games. You can get coaches who become extremely stubborn and lose the players. He was wise enough to realise it needed a different plan to make them competitive and the players were on board. So that gave the Port Adelaide board the confidence to believe, particularly with Darren Cale's observation of coaching, that the program was sound. Now, the results didn't play out that way for the last bit of the year, but when you're playing catch-up, what happens, Kim? Well, it's difficult. You get very down. It's mentally Absolutely. very taxing. Hey, we've got Annie on the line. We'll get to Annie in about 30 seconds, Annie. Uh, there's a timely text here from Blake. Hello, Jay. Always enjoy it, especially after you make some strong comments, Roach. Hi, Kimbo and Roach. Buck said earlier today that Port's football program is dated. Did he use the word dated? No, I think it might have been the game plans dated. Game plan? Yeah, well, that's, yeah. Uh, is it, is it a coincidence that Roach, oh, that's, that's you, yeah. has recently started backing away from his claim that he sees no deterioration in Port's footy program? And that Ken has been coaching better than ever. 
That's what you were saying, Rich. Yeah, no, I, I think the program is very strong. But I'm agreeing with Nathan Buckley. I think there's a question about the game plan. It's, the game plan and the footy program are two different things, aren't they? All right, Blake, one day you'll ring and you can go head-to-head with the Rooch. Let's go to Annie, someone that does love you, Rooch. Hello, Annie. Hello, boys. How are we? Annie. Good, thank you. <laughs> very good, Annie. That's good. Look, I just all I was ringing up to say was what a beautiful event that happened on Sunday oh, yes. with yeah. um, Jezza and Kelly. Um, it was just absolutely beautiful um, in the circumstances that, that they're in. And <laughs> my partner just said, go the crows. I, mm. I won't repeat what I'd say to him. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, it was just... It was just beautiful. It was beautiful to see the Instagram post um, and it, oh, it was just, it brought tears to my eyes. So if they're listening, but I doubt it, but um, if they're listening, I just want to wish them um, all the best and um, she's a beautiful girl. I've met her quite a few times now and um, she's just an inspiration. So um Best wishes to the newlyweds. Yeah, Indeed. yeah, beautifully said. And, of course, you're referring to Jeremy Jeremy Finlayson and uh, his lovely wife that took place on the weekend. Hey, good on you, Annie. Really appreciate your thoughts there. And I've got the same sentiments from many people. Uh, we need to go to a break, Rich, because we're going to have a chat to one of Australia's great athletes, uh, Craig Mottram. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. 4.15 on a Tuesday afternoon, currently 19 degrees. It's dropped a degree. A nice day outside. Uh, We're here thanks to Hyundai and the Hyundai Tucson. Tomorrow's SUV is in stock now. Jason Gillespie to join us after 4.30 to talk about the one-day Mars Cup final against WA tomorrow. There was a big announcement in the athletics world, though, Roach, last week. This is ripping news. Huge. Uh, Craig Mottram, well-known to all that follow athletics, former Australian middle-distance and long-distance runner, represented our great nation, Roach, at the Mm. Olympics. Commonwealth Games in Melbourne in 2006, received a silver in the 5,000 metres, and the World Championships in 2005 took out bronze in the 5,000 metres at Helsinki. He'll be coaching Australia's first ever athletics team, professional athletics team. Amazing, this story. Yeah, to tell us more about it. Oh, we've lost him. We lost him, have we? No, I think we've got him back. Craig, are you there? I I am here, gentlemen. How are you? You're good. Did you hear the intro? I have, but I'm sure it was magnificent. Yeah, it, was. <laughs> it was. It was, it was huge. It I was said great. you're the greatest athlete we've ever produced in the history of athletics. And, and, and you would well, have been I'm greater. <laughs> hey, and you would have been greater if there was a non-athletics club when you were running, wouldn't you? <laughs> Quite possibly, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll talk about it, no doubt, over the next few minutes. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, Craig, um, we, we did touch on your, your history just briefly, so let's go back there, because you're a great Australian athlete and you competed in Olympic Games, Commonwealth Games, where you received a silver medal, a bronze at the World Championships in Helsinki. How do you reflect on your career? Oh, positively. I mean, I, I love the sport of track and field, in particular middle distance running, which was my sort of forte. Um, and I'm fortunate enough to still be working in that space now and still having a career uh, on the other side of the fence as a coach. So, I mean, if people ask me all the time, if I had my time again, what would I have done differently, to be honest? 
Mm. Not much. I, I sort of ran the tank dry, and at the end of my career, I, my mind had had enough. My body was still probably able to run at a good level, but my mind just wasn't into it. And I think that's a really good space to be. I can move this, move on from the sport knowing I've done everything I can to, to achieve as much as I can in it. But well, you say you wouldn't change much, but is there a nagging one that you would love to change? A race tactically you'd yeah. like to do again? Not really. You know what? I, funnily enough, I, I grew up doing triathlon and loved triathlon. And if I'd had my time again, I might have tried triathlon in the last three or four years of my running career when okay. I still had some ability rather yeah. than waiting to the end. But it's um, that's probably one thing that I would have loved to have given a bit more time to. But um, we now do a bit of space in triathlon as well. So, um, no, I'm very content with what I was able to do. Well, Craig, explain what you're doing now, because uh, for people that don't follow athletics, this may be confusing, but this is a huge announcement. You are going to be uh, heading up the first ever professional athletics team in Australian athletics, and it's all part of the On Athletics Club. Explain how it works. Absolutely. Yeah, so the On Athletics Club, or OAC for short, is a globally funded and globally backed team um, by On, which is a sport performance brand they're now one of the fastest selling running shoes in the world so they've over the last 10 years or so have really started to capture that performance running space Mm. Um, we are the third installment of the OAC there's one in the USA under coach Dathan Ritzenheim which started three years ago there was one launched in Europe last year under coach Thomas and Oceania or Australia more specifically is the third of of those teams under me here based in, in Melbourne so it's really fantastic for middle distance running and that's where we're spending our, our energy at the moment is focusing on the middle distance space, trying to build and we will build a performance-based team with major championship teams and medals in mind, ultimately Com Games in Melbourne 2026 and then longer term Brisbane in 2032. So we need this in Australia. It's a fantastic opportunity for our athletes to actually stay and remain in our country and have a pathway to be professional full-time athletes in the sport of track and field. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here. So was it purely up to you to handpick five athletes for your team? How, how did it work? Yeah, so that that's correct. So it's my job to, to build the team, to pick the athletes that become part of the team. Well, you know, ultimately they identify themselves through their own performances, but uh, the team won't be stuck at five. I mean, we've got five at the moment. We launched what, a week ago or two weeks ago with, with the five. But the idea over the next 12 to 18 months will be to build that out to four or five girls and four or five guys. Okay. So we have up to 10 or 12 athletes um, with the scope to grow even beyond that, um, you know, after a couple of years. But we want to make sure that those athletes, the foundation, foundation athletes that mm. come in are the right fit. Uh, and we create a really, really strong team environment that supports everyone through the good and the bad times involved in our sport. So, Craig, how does, for the use of a term, the establishment, be it... Athletics Australia, the Australian Institute of Sport or the Australian Olympic Movement then feel about a professional team being built by you rather than being built by the system? Well, it's a different category altogether. I mean, we're a completely standalone independent team and and when we started this concept and chatting about it in our region 18 months ago, one of the first things from my point of view was to create something that was completely independent of, of any of the institutions. And that's not through them not doing a good job. They do yeah. a fantastic job. But mm-hmm. their criteria to be categorised for support and funding is, as such, not, not all athletes get that opportunity. In fact, mm-hmm. the development phase of their athletic career, so those athletes that are 18 to 22 years old that potentially haven't hit the standards to get that support, there's a really big gap there. So we want to provide that opportunity for those athletes to become part of a professional running outfit and be funded to be you know, full-time and have the best opportunity to be the best they can be. And, and realistically, the institutes and um, the NSOs, the National Sporting Organisations and things like that, they only support financially the very, very top level. Yeah. You've, you know, yeah. I've got to be medal-winning or top eight in the world to actually get financial assistance mm-hmm. from them. 
So this is a completely separate thing. These athletes, those that are part of the OAC and are good enough, will still get support, no doubt, from the state institutes and from the NSOs as well. But this is providing a professional uh, environment that they can then go on and concentrate, much akin to the, the sort of teams that ride in the Tour de France and things like that. Yeah, They're gotcha. a globally, globally backed and supported team to be the best they can be. Understood. We'll get to how we can watch and support this competition shortly. Um, you have five that you've selected at this stage, all middle distance runners. Uh, will, when you add to the team, will you get sprinters or not? Or is this purely middle distance? Purely middle distance at this stage. Okay. Well, tell us about some of the talent in your squad so far. Uh, so the first athlete we signed was Claudia Hollingsworth. She's 17 years old. She's Ooh. national open 800-metre silver medalist for the last two years. She represented Australia at the World Championships last year as a 16-year-old um, and is probably one of the best young 800, 1500-metre female talents I've ever seen, certainly our region has ever produced. So we're taking a nice, slow, gentle approach with her. Um, Keely Small is another 1500, 800-girl um, Youth Olympic gold medalist, Commonwealth Game representative in the 800 and 1500 metre events. She's a superstar. She's only 21. Uh, Morty Skyring came out of the college system. She's 25 years old. Um, so we brought her back from the US midway through last year to be a, uh, a mature member of the team, so to provide some international experience. And Tess Kersoff-Cole is a 400 metre, 800 metre athlete, so we're looking at transitioning her from 400 up to 800. She was third in the Nationals last year, went to the World Championships in Oregon midway through 2022, so already national team representative in the women's 800. And then the male we have, Ben Buckingham, is you know top 16 in the world in the steeple. Um, wouldn't surprise me if he goes on and, and um, you know, makes the final of the World Champs in the steeple later this year, and then no doubt, obviously, Olympics are on, on his mind in 2024 in Paris. So we've got five really good, strong um, young and we've got a combination of young and mature athletes to, to kit out this team in the beginning and we've got a pipeline of talent we're discussing with um, in the US at the moment that'll be back in July, August this year. So what happens in, in our sport in middle distance running at 18 when our kids in high school leave school they look for opportunities which haven't historically been there. So they go to college in the US and they get an education, they get a pathway for four or five years and then they come back and there's no professional opportunity for them in the sport. We're trying to fill that um, that gap or that opportunity and actually offer some of these 18, 19 year old kids out of high school the opportunity to remain in Australia, fully funded, fully supported and a salary to be able to you know, stay and compete here. Craig. So really back to your original question, the NSOs and the institutes, they should be really supporting this idea because it's keeping our talent in Australia, which yeah. is where we want it. Well done. Craig, we're going to have to get you back on. There's a lot to talk about, but uh, short term, how, how and when can we start watching and supporting these athletes in the competition? They're going around now, so they're already in the uniform. We launched two weeks ago. The next time, those guys will be racing in Sydney on Saturday at the Sydney Track Classic. So mm. you can get around them and support them in the OAC kit. Very good. Lee, looking forward to keeping an eye on them. Craig, Brilliant. we wish you all the best. We'll stay in touch. Thanks very much, guys. Have a great day. Uh, he's a beauty. Uh, that's great support. On Athletics that Club. great support yeah, at grassroots level yeah, too. How's some of the talent, the opportunities Absolutely. for a 17-year-old to have everything paid from yep. to chase their dreams. That's a great turn for Australian athletics. 4.24, need to go to a break. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. 4.29 and 53 seconds, 4.30 news, not far away. Jason Gillespie on the other side of the news. Enjoyed that chat with Craig Mottram. Yeah. He speaks as well as anyone. 
indeed. And one of our great speakers of our show, Rory Laird, mm-hmm. we can now introduce him as a life member of the Adelaide Football Club. Oh, last night that happened, didn't yes, it? Yes, one of the five new ones, along with Sam Jacobs, well-deserving of life membership. Big source, yep. And Luke Brown, strong defender, Luke Brown. Number 16, life uh, membership. you would hate to try and get a kick on Lukey Brown. He was very good. No. And outside the playing group, they gave life membership to Stephen McChrystal, who was one of the recruiters way back. Mm-hmm. And to the man who held me up this morning, the club doctor, Steve Kennett. Was that who you went and saw? Yes. Yep. Yes, and you probably said they should take life membership off him. For keeping you alive? Mm. Oh. <laughs> Rude. You've said it before. I'm not that brutal. Yes, you are. All right, if you can finish him off. <laughs> <laughs> I get the mountains. Uh, we should go You've to You've got the, an incentive now, haven't we, you? Oh, well, look, we've got a stack of techs here, Roach. Yeah. Uh, we'll be a little bit late. And we're going to get this all year. Gee, I hope Port goes through undefeated this year. <laughs> oh, I'd love that, Kim. Yeah, well, I never found myself defending Port so much in my life the last decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bucks is spot on about Hinkley. So many teams flood our forward line. Uh, they wait for us to bomb it in and they hit us uh, on the counter-attack and they're running into our forward line with heaps of space. Freo did it last week. It will keep happening all year if we don't change quickly. Geordie from uh, Glenalto. Uh, I wasn't ever crack at uh, Geordie then. Uh, there's another one here. Who cares if Hinkley is a good man manager? He's tactically inept as a coach and has always been an inanimate carbon rod when it comes to game day coaching, is that from a cartoon series or Simpsons? Something? Symptoms, Simpsons, Simpsons. Right. Never watched The Simpsons. Uh, has been carried by Richardson, Walsh, and Schofield through his tenure. Well, that is a long bow. It's amazing. Yeah, why not just support your club? All right, I've said it. Dizzy Gillespie coming up next. Look forward to it. Live across SEN, you're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Just after 4.30, Kimbo and The Rooch with you. We are live from Studio Lumo SA. We're in the home straight. You can have your say, 0427 154 166. Send us a cheeky text. Big day tomorrow for South Australia and the Redbacks in the Marsh Cup, the one-day final when we take on WA. Let's head over there now. We speak to one of the good men of the sporting world, their coach, Jason Gillespie. Dizzy, thanks for your time. No worries. Thanks, Kimbo. Thanks, Richie. Uh, when did you get over, Diz? What's been the plan? We Yeah, well, we flew over after our Shield game in Brisbane. So we went straight from Brisbane oh. to Perth. Um, so we got here yesterday. Um, so we we got the lads down near the, near the river here in Perth and in East Perth and just had a bit of a run around and stretch the legs out after a long flight and then we're just preparing for, for training today at the Wacker so and we'll, we've got to we'll have a, a couple of uh, batting and bowling meetings and then we'll uh, we'll get stuck into some training. Well you're just dropping out a little bit there Diz I don't know if you can move around and you're in the hotel room I presume. Sorry. No you're alright um, just... No I'm at the, I'm at the Wacker I'm Oh the are you? Wacker, so. Oh okay now that sounds better now uh, look, okay, cool. We'll get into tomorrow's game but we'll address the elephant in the room. Uh, you had got the Shield side in a great position, then losses to Victoria and Queensland. How do you summarise that? Um, yeah, look, obviously disappointing. We, uh, I think, one thing we have done well is we've actually we've actually bowled quite well mm. in, in 
in the last few Shield games. So it's just been a, you know, some, some periods with the bat probably you know, sessions mm. that we've had are, are really bad, and, uh, and they ultimately cost us. And, and no, no bigger, better example than in Brisbane where. You know, we were ahead of the game, with no wickets down, and, and we end up losing ten for fifty and, and get get bowled out. And, uh, um, it was it was pretty disappointing. Um, you know, lads were you know no more so than the lads. They were absolutely gutted. Um, you know, we, we just just need to find ways to be better and, and identify those periods where we need to find a way to to get through and uh, you know not let the door you know leave the door ajar for our opposition and you know slam it shut. And, uh, you know, but, but for two days we, we played really good cricket. We, we were against the tide up there in Brisbane. Um, Queensland had the, the better of the conditions for for two days, and we we hung in with them. Um, but yeah, then it was just a, a ninety minute period where, you know, we we undid all our good work. So so they're they're, they're lessons that we we are learning, and and, and you know we, we need to be better. Um, we know that, um, but but these, these players are well aware of that. You know the, the work ethic and. And attitudes are unbelievable. We just need to um, find, you know, identify those periods where where we can we can be sharper, be better, and and get through um, get through those times. One more quickie on that uh, match. We spoke to Spencer yep. Johnson. His uh, performance was sensational. So the bowling wasn't a problem. But we were surprised he rested uh, Wes Agar uh, with such an yep. important game. So the logic behind that? Yep. Yeah. So, so Wes, Wes was displaying. Uh, Quite a bit of soreness. Uh, he's he's had um, a couple of little, little niggles that have you know he's been carrying for, for a, a few months now, and, um, and and with Brendan Doggett back fit for that game and available for that game, we just saw it as a really good opportunity to, to give him a uh, a little rest. Um, Wes Wes never wants to rest, mm. but you know he, he even conceded that you know he he thought he could benefit from a rest as well. So. Um, you know, so we, we made that decision, and, and we firmly believe it's the right one. Um, because Wes has come back and, and met us here in Perth for the preparing for his one-day final, and you know he, he'll obviously play this and then play our final shield game. Um, mm. But he's in a great place. He's up and about. Um, just a couple of little niggles that he have that he had has settled down really well. Uh, just with a little bit of a break, he had a couple of light bowls last week, um, but he uh, you know got to just just rest his body and. Um, you know, do a little bit of work just to tick over, uh, but he's fresh, raring to go, so which is great news. Jason, on the big picture of the Shield, two and four is your best win-loss ratio in five years. You've got 26 points. It's the best in five years, but you're coming off a low base. So how do you read where your Shield performances are ranked? Yeah, look, we're certainly improving. And, I mean, I think you look from a bowling perspective, I think this year... Um, you know, I know, I know when I came on board, I was, I was very keen to have a have a, a battery of, of fast bowlers, yep. um, and you know we're bowling sides out now. I think mm. the, the first couple of years I was I was here, so this is my third season. You know, we, we were struggling to bowl teams mm. out. Um, what we what we have done, we're bowling sides out consistently yeah, now. That's true. Um, I think I think what we are doing as well is you know we're, we're getting more individual contributions uh, with the bat in hand. We're getting some games into some players. Mm. Um, and they're showing signs of improvement. So, you know, Daniel Drew, Nathan McSweeney, um, you know, two guys who have been given, you know, responsibility in the top four. Uh, and they're, they're both, um, you know, both averaging, you know, 40 plus in the shoe, which, um, you know, we, we haven't had too many players do that for, for quite a while for South Australia. So, so there's, there's signs of progression. We know we've got a way to go yet. Um, yeah. 
and, and there's improvements to be made. But you know, ultimately, if we can get get some game time and, and experience into some of these players, because unfortunately, they're probably not going to progress just in, in the club system or just in the second level system. So yeah, we yeah. need to find game time into them against high class uh, bowling um, in, in the first class arena. You, and, um, you get that tomorrow. Yep, let's move. You're going to get that tomorrow, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move to the very present, which is tomorrow's game, an opportunity to win some silverware, Dizzy, and uh, the state would love that. You're up against a reasonable side. They're undefeated Western Australia. You were four and three. How good are the Sandgropers? Yeah, they're a very good side, no doubt. Um, And we know that for us to compete against them, we're going to have to be at our best. But we're up and about. We're a very good side. And... We know we can mix it with the best. Uh, you know, we know we've got nothing to lose. We're, we're here to just take them on and we know we're good enough and we're going we're gonna to go hard at them and hopefully we can come away with a win. That bowling lineup is stronger and stronger at Western Australia with the gains they've made. How do you reflect on the last time you played and the way in which they worked you over with the batting and bowling? Yeah, that, look, they played well in Adelaide. Uh, they... they they outplayed us, uh, plain and simple. Um, you know, we, we certainly didn't get enough runs. Um, but if we look back to before the Big Bash period, we played mm-hmm. them here in Perth, and, and you know, but had we taken a couple more opportunities in the field, we would have we would have won that game. And uh, so, you know, there were a lot of positives there. Guys getting runs, you know, bowlers performing well, getting wickets. Um, so we know we can mix it. We know um, that they know that we're a good team. We. we we beat them soundly in Adelaide in the Shield recently uh, by 168 runs. So they know we're a good team, and um, we know they'll be. They know we're a good team, and we, as I said, we've got an excellent side to to match them. Our bowling attacks as good as anyone in the country. Mm-hmm. Our batting group is, is has performed really well in in this this format of the game. And we're good to go, and we're going to do everything we can to win this game. I can tell you're up and about. Hey, as a coach, Diz, you must be pinching yourself yeah. at the form of Ben Menenti. Yeah, Ben. Ben's been great. Um, you know, we identified that. Um, you know, a player uh, like that would, would, would add value to our squad and, and really balance our side. And, and look, he, he's come in and, and probably. Particularly with the bat, we knew what he could do with the ball, but particularly the bat, he's probably exceeded expectations. And, uh, and look, he's done very well. He's, you know, he's he's batting beautifully. He, another another piece of the puzzle as well is that he he's an outstanding slip fielder and, and has taken some some great mm-hmm. catches um, that have that have changed courses of games. And um, you know that that adds a lot of value uh, as well. But mm-hmm. but now nah, his all round game, his all round competitiveness, I think, is, you know, is something that um, that I. I firmly believed we, we needed and um, mm. look he's been a great addition to our squad Jason with Manenti because he doesn't muck around he gets out there and he just gets the runs do you ever debate where he should be in the batting lineup? yeah look look we um, we have we have those discussions he, he got an opportunity to bat a bit higher yeah. in Melbourne in the shield and, and scored some runs there um, uh, he's look I think anywhere between six and eight is, is a good spot for him and I think what he's the evidence is building that you know he he can he can bat in in a number of different spots um, at the moment in the, in the one day side he's doing a, doing a very good job there and he's been batting eight in the shield and, and yeah. gives uh, our batting order real depth and um, 
you know, that obviously he'd been the number one spinner. Um, you know, he does a lot of work there, and, and obviously he's he's always on fielding at second slip in the, in the, mm. in the shield. So, um, you know, it's just he's just been you know he's been very good for us. Last one, Dizzy. How's Jakey Lehman compare as a captain to his old man, the Buff? <laughs> They're both pretty cool, calm, and collective characters. To be honest, I think when Jake, um, you know, whether he had over the my time here, whether he's had the C next to his name or not, he's, he's seen as a leader around the group. Um, and look, he, he it's been a seamless transition. Obviously, um, you know, Henry um, Henry stepping aside and um, and Jake taking it on. It's been pretty seamless, and which we thought it would be. Um, you know, Jake's a very cool, calm, collected character. He gets around the boys. He, he speaks very well. Um, and it's been a seamless transition, to be honest. But, yeah, comparing him to, to Bulf, um, as I said, they're both um, pretty relaxed, pretty similar characters, and uh, he, he's doing a great job. Jason, what was that discussion like with Henry Hunt when he said he had to step away from the captaincy? I, I was actually... Um, I was actually really proud of him. Uh, mm. You know, we, we, want, we want players to be be honest and, and transparent. He, he just said, look, it's it, probably not not for him right now. And, um, mm. and we just had a discussion and um, you know, he thought, and we thought it was probably, you know, in his best interest to um, to just put the, put the focus on, you know, on on his game, on his batting to contribute to the team. And, and he, he just felt the, um, the captaincy, uh, you know, his personality was changing. He was thinking a lot about a lot of different things. And um, he, you know, he, he just didn't feel he was putting his best foot forward for the team. And um, so I thought it was very selfless. And, uh, you know, I got a lot of respect for him for, for being up front because he could have just, just chugged along and just said, no, no, I'm good, I'm good. And, um, you know, and, 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 and you know, it, it could have... Um, you know, it could have got worse. And yeah, uh, so I was really proud understood, of him for yeah. being upfront and honest and, um, and, and, and with that. Dizzy, we re- yeah, it is. Uh, we really appreciate your time. The game gets underway at 2.35. Adelaide time tomorrow. South Australia taking on Western Australia in the Marsh Cup one day final. Mm. We wish you all the very best. We'll be watching with interest. Good on you, Diz. Nah, thanks for your support, guys. Really appreciate it. Great to talk to you. And if the South Australians win, Kim, it will be the fourth time we have the trophy here in Adelaide, the last time being in 2011-12, that famous tie mm-hmm. with Tasmania where South Australia won on the countback. No super overs in those days. Competition's been going since the late 1960s. Oh, that long? Yes. Now, can you name the first team to win the domestic one-day 50-over competition <laughs> in Australia? This I, will I, get you I can beers t- and beers and beers and beers at any pub when there's a quiz question needing to be asked. I can tell from the smug look on your face <laughs> that I, I will have no chance of getting this. Uh, I thought it may have been a trick question in South Australia. No. No. New Zealand. Really? Won three of the first five. That was um, very kind of us to invite them into the competition. Well, David Hooks would have appreciated it. Remember when he said New Zealand should be in the Sheffield Shield? Now, remember when Hooksy upset our neighbours by saying they should actually be in the Sheffield Shield rather than as a test nation? Oh, I'm trying to think. That was a long Long time time ago. ago. And Dizzy actually recommended that Papua New Guinea should be part of the Australian one-day competition. Well, there you go. He's a a lateral thinker. Almost done for another day, Rich. We've got about uh, five minutes to go. I thought there'd be a reaction to this uh, before we went to the news, Rich. I said, I'm going to just say it. Wouldn't it be nice if some 
these port supporters that are very, very critical. I know you have your right to save your two bobs worth, and that's the platform we provide. Um, inverted commas, why don't you just support your club? That was me. I yes. said that. Well, it's not going to change. So if you start winning every game this year or whatever, how much enjoyment do you get? You get, well, and, yeah, you box yourself into a corner, haven't right, you? And then it goes on. There's no name. It says, yes, we must all be brain-dead sheep and just cop it raw and enjoy the punishment. Well, you've got to back in your management as well. So you've been critical of your management, that they don't know what they're doing. Um, yeah, look, I'll say it to I'm blue in the face, you know. Mm. Um, no one lasts forever. Uh, I think Ken turned the club around. I know it was a long time ago. Uh, prelim final two years ago. But a lot of poor people look at it and think they've got the best list in the world. I can assure you, you don't. No, that's not you the best a, list you have a in good the list. NFL, that's for sure. You have a good list, but that's just my opinion. One here man I, here I am barracking for port and copping it. One man who's building a new list is Matthew Nix. What did Nathan Buckley have to say of Matthew Nix today? Let's have a listen. I can only assume that his players absolutely believe in him and buy into him because the, the intensity that Adelaide play at for the most part of the last you know, 18 months, it's been building. But last year, like, it started like a house on fire last year. And they, they had little blips, which you do with younger players or a younger, a younger team that doesn't have the experience or the connection um, or have been through you know, four, five, six seasons of AFL footy. They were still able to, they were still able to come back and, fight and raise the fight more and more and more. So I'm super impressed with what I'm seeing from the output on the effort and the endeavour of his team. And that isolate that straight back to the, the culture, the environment, the drive that he and his coaching group are pushing through. And they're, they're a relatively no-name – yeah, there are a lot of no-names in their 22 as, as such. But, geez, they have a crack. I'm, I'm really interested to see how they go. I think they're definitely heading in the right direction. It was interesting here in Nixie today at the function that we attended, Rucha. Yeah, it feels like there's total buy-in at the moment. But he also said it takes a while, not just for the players to gel when you have such a young group, but also the coaching staff. So you might be able to put in writing what we're trying to achieve but it's all very instinctive as well because every coach has their own ideas or come from different programs. So, so to all get on the same page and they all seem very unified. I posed the question, Roach, uh, with Rory Sloan, whose idea was it to play in the wing. He said, uh, mine, in consultation with the other coaches and with Rory. And I said, uh, just say he's exposed for speed or height or at some stage or if there's a hiccup. And then you also have on the other wing, you have... Um, Oh, Hinge, Mitchie Hinge. Yeah, who's, he's made you know, great steps. Yeah, and he's had a lot of injuries, but he's still yet proven over a season. Yeah. Um, what's your plan B? Who Where's Jackson th- Hately in that debate? Uh, no, his name didn't come up today. It doesn't mean that he's not part of the... Uh, ben Key's been reassigned? No, it was uh, Chase Jones would be the next one to step up as a wingman. Okay. So it's very clear that Hinge has one wing, Sloan has the other at the moment. Right. So I thought that was an interesting comment. Uh, we talk about the Adelaide mm. Crows. Everyone's uh, enamoured with Darcy Fogarty at the moment. Uh, we'll chat about this, Roach. Gary Lyon uh, was asked this morning if Fogarty could win the Common Medal. No, Darcy Fogarty, can he win the Common? Because Over- overstated. I think Corn is a big, big fan. Yeah. Overstated only because I don't think the Crows are going to be... Uh, in the eight, and I doubt very much whether you can win a Coleman from outside. Perhaps it's been done before, but it, that's not to take anything away from him. He's turned his career around in the back half of last year mm. and looks like he's set and ready to go again. Excuse me. 
Who won the Coleman last year? Who won the Coleman medal last year? Uh, it was, um, 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 <laughs> we Come talked on. about it. Yeah, yeah just say. Charlie Kerner? Yes. Where yeah. did he play? Carlton? Yeah. Where did they finish? Outside the Outside eight. Outside the eight, yeah. Wow, Gary Lyon's got a short memory there, hasn't he? <laughs> Sorry, caught, Gary. You caught me off guard. Gee, you got excited then, right? Oh, I thought, hang on. You can't um, have a Coleman medalist from outside the eight. We had one last year. I think uh, Adelaide can make the eight. I'm not saying that they will. I, I think Fremantle and Collingwood are a good chance to drop out. More likely mm. Collingwood. Um, we've got a minute to go, Rich. I, I think the bigger problem now with Darcy Fogarty is that he's not your full forward. I know they rotate. But Taylor Walker is your full forward and the fog will go more down the ground. I, I'm going to be keen to see... The- at the end of the season, what the spread of goals is with Adelaide. Mm. That's going to be the real test. All right. It's been a good show. Apologies yes. if we didn't get all the texts. How long have we got? We've got, uh, oh, we got about 15 seconds. Here's a text. Uh, Rucci and Kimbo Slice see how bad the MCG is after Ed yes. Sharon. Uh, they have two weeks to fix the ground. Adelaide Oval only has 11 days after tonight. I'm sure they'll get it right. Sure uh, we'll catch will. you tomorrow. Good night, everyone.